if the spiral of silence is probably the biggest uh, contributor to that 82% that are leaving, how do we turn this around? How do we make it better? Um, Boy, I got to walk a tightrope here. I think that there's a real issue with the church. We, we've kind of had this button-down, white shirt, tie kind of culture that says one of our highest values is being nice. I want to know if we've identified the problem being the spiral of silence. Like, what is the fix? Like, how do we turn this ship around? Because if we don't, what? Are just all millennials just going to go inactive? Is it going to be me and Brad? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to Midnight Mormons. I'm your host, Cardinalis, and today I'm joined in the studio by two friends, both Brad Whitbeck and Greg Matson of Quick Media. And uh, Greg has actually been a longtime friend of the show. And interestingly enough, if I actually look at a lot of our analytics, both on streaming platforms and on YouTube, uh, I share a bigger chunk of my audience with a bigger chunk of your audience than any other show out there on the streaming platforms. So I thought it was, it was time that we meet, you know, and you were going to talk a little bit about avoiding the quote spiral of si- silence in Mormonism, AKA the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So um, Greg, without any further ado, could you just introduce yourself? Tell us about who you are and just show a little bit. So my audience gets to know you. And then we'll talk about how we can avoid the spiral of silence in the church, man. So hit it. Take it away. Yeah. So I'm Greg Matson. I run a small company called Quick Media. We have Quick Show, uh, which is a Quick podcast that we where we focus on gospel issues and we focus on cultural issues, but primarily cultural issues these days. Mm-hmm. And just talking about what is going on in the church culturally. Uh, and one of those things is the spiral of silence right now. And just, you know, I've, I've had, I get a lot of feedback on the videos that I do on these cultural issues. And we try and hit some pretty controversial things, a lot of things that others are not going to touch. And the feedback oftentimes is on one of two sides. Wow, somebody's actually speaking up about this, someone's saying something. And then on the other side, it's, this is very uncomfortable for me, yeah. right? It's like, this is uncomfortable. Why are you saying this? Everything just needs to be left to the prophet. And, Right. We don't do anything unless there's something that's said. You too, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, And so there's I I think that there's a real issue with the church. We've kind of had this button down white shirt tie kind of culture that says one of our highest values is being nice. Mm. One of our highest values is politeness. Yeah. And those are both good things. It's to what a we've been known Although, for say, for fifty years, and, and and it's worked so far. So let's let, let's keep doing it. Don't rock the boat. Yeah, it's not working. Yeah. Right, it's yeah. not working. It's also, and, and niceness to me actually is just a neutral. In fact, I, I've said it oftentimes. I don't think niceness is a virtue at all. No, it, right? it's, I, I, it's not part of the gospel at all. No, in fact, you'll listen if you listen to the general authorities at uh, at general conference. They never use the term nice. They always use the term kind or kindness. Yeah. They stay away from nice. And, 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 and so that's more of a culture of things as, as you know, as water runs downhill, it comes down to the wards. It's, it's, we end up with this very 
this very nice virtue that we think is a virtue and it's not. And then you get the talk, you know, I think it was from President Nelson this year in general, last year in general conference, which was, you know, get rid of contention. What are you going to get rid of in your life with, you know, what type of contention are you going to get rid of? And that's a great thing to do. It's a good objective. Mm -hmm. But there's a very big difference between contention and conflict. Mm. If, if the world is moving toward a, in a direction that is not good, right, and, and the church is supposed to stand for something different and stay out of Babylon, so to speak, there's no way you can avoid conflict if you're going to stand up for what is right. Yeah, It's impossible. And if you're uncomfortable with conflict, you're going to have a tougher and tougher time as we go into, you know, sailing into the latter days here. Yeah, and, and I would even say that I think niceness a lot of times fuels later conflict, you know, and, and fuels later contention. Because sure. if you're just being nice and you're not really saying what you mean, you can only do that for so long before you end up getting to the point that you're like, no, I've really got to say what I want to say now, right? And so I think a veneer of niceness where you're not being true and you're not saying what you actually mean because you're worried about offending other people you're not doing either you or the person you're trying not to offend a favor, you know? No, you're, 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 it, it's niceness is too often avoidance mm -hmm. and niceness is too often, often uh, kicking the can down the road. As a Canadian, I totally understand <laughs> this. <laughs> so, so what, what are some of the ways, like, what are some of the, wait, you're a Canadian. I know I repented wow. as quickly. I don't as think I, I know any Canadians. Oh, you do now. Dude, no, it's my favorite national park. You got to go there and meet him. It's like, don't we pay you to like wear those hats? Or is that they call you Mounties or mountain people or something like that? Okay. Anyway. um, Okay. So how do you think this whole substituting niceness for kindness is hurting us most? Because we've actually talked a lot about that on our show. I believe sometimes disabusing somebody of a bad self-destructive narrative can be more kind than entertaining that narrative to a point of self-detriment. Uh, do you think that's where we've gone? Like, uh, well, I've heard you mention this spiral of silence on your show, and it seems like it actually came from some kind of epic realization. And I, I'm just trying to get to the root of what was that realization, and like, what's the story of that term? Because I'm loving it, the spiral of silence. I think, I'm not sure, I, the spiral of silence, I think, is a term that is used somewhere in academia. And I think Jonathan Haidt grabbed onto it yeah. and started using it in his books. So I think that that's kind of the DNA of, of, of where that's coming from. By the way, Jonathan Haidt is the most hilarious thing to read because he's like the Apostle Paul to liberals. He literally is just a conservative. Like he comes that's, out and he says, you know, if you tell your children that they have peanut allergies and you don't expose them to, to, uh, to peanuts, it'll actually worsen the allergies over time. And see, we have studies that show you actually need to expose them. And I think just because he doesn't wear a plaid shirt and sound kind of gruff when he says all of these like hyper conservative truths, people are like, oh well he's kind of lispy so you know what I'm saying? like oh my God, he's, he's gotta be you know he, he's well, gotta you know, be sensitive he's, he's, a, he's a classical liberal he's like bill maher right it's the same kind of thing where these guys are like push there are some on the left that are seeing what is happening with wokeness and they're like what in the world this is not what i grew up with this is not what i believe this is illiberal not liberal and and i think jonathan hyde is one of those guys he's 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 saying, I, I want nothing to do with this. He's an atheist. So is Bill Maher. They're total atheists, but they're not going down that road. Mm -hmm. And so there, there is a certain portion of the demographic that is saying, 
that on the left they're saying we want nothing to do with this and now we have no home okay so i'll tell you this right now dude as a millennial i think we were the first generation that was screwed by the spiral of silence i i think all kinds of political problems social problems and spiritual problems those bucks were passed past the boomers and the Gen Xers and landed in our laps. And all the time people say, gasp, 75% of millennials are leaving. And they act as though it's some kind of defect in our DNA. 80, 82%. Or eight, fine, 82%. Like whatever it is. And and you know, you you hear all these boomers bemoan it at church as though there's something wrong with us. And to a certain extent, I think, you know what, guys? Like, I've seen you call the exact same people over and over again. We refuse to adapt to new social media. We utterly, I can't take a nice, well-prepared PowerPoint presentation on my laptop with an HDMI out port and go in and plug in for an elders quorum meeting to give a good lesson that I prepared on my laptop. I'm still expected to go look up in some kind of Rolodex. Oh, I, I need printout of poster number A52 of Nephi with his armbands. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like like in, in a big giant 8x12 that half of the semi-blind people in the back row still can't see. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I, I feel like sometimes this is a church for boomers and by boomers and that they just, until they all die, we won't be allowed to modernize. So it, it's just like, I, I think in many ways our church needs to modernize, not necessarily socially and doctrinally. Our, our, our values need not shift, but like, I don't but wait a minute, you're talking about technology and you, but you started you started with a social issue. You're saying that this is this is a church for the boomers by the boomers. They, they, That's not just technology, right? If it wasn't right? done in the 80s, they don't think it should be done. And I've noticed as the leadership of the church has drastically aged, the programs that they benefited from, they've completely let go. Because they're not using it anymore. The Boy Scouts, gone. Well, that's another point for Regi sure. Regional athletics, gone. Now our church has like atrophied into this, oh, take the manual home and just do come follow me from home, which m may work for you. But it, are we going to throw literally a preach my gospel manual in the lap of a single mother? I, I was the child of a single mother. If, for not, if not for the church and amazing people who were morally obligated to come home teach once a month you know what i'm saying make yeah. there was men who checked that there was food in my mother's fridge you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and things like that. i'd be in a prison somewhere you know what i'm saying <laughs> and, and and cardin i don't think and they don't do any of that crap anymore but they do if your ministers are doing it right uh, yeah come on really <laughs> yeah. are you gonna throw that preach my gospel book into the lap of a single mom who's already overwhelmed and say well if you do it right your kids won't end up in prison no 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 or no, no, does no. there need to be a robust and overwhelming program I, that i'm not saying the sing if the single mom is doing it right i'm saying mm -hmm. if the ministers are doing it right i, I think a lot <laughs> of your complaints about this sort of stuff is that the structures have changed in some way um but in a lot of ways, it's our personal responsibility okay, to be loving right. our neighbor. And, and I don't mean to make the personal responsibility versus communal responsibility argument. What I was just saying is that the spiral of silence, I think, is a great term. And oftentimes, us millennials get treated as though we're some kind of rejects that are just like too lazy to work, feel entitled to everything, so on and so forth. Yet I look at the system, I'm like, it doesn't surprise me that a bunch of millennials leave not just for CES letters, but because they also just kind of feels like this isn't a church for them. It's a church for older people. Why though? What? I mean, how does spiral silence affect that? Why? Why isn't it a church for the millennials? Um, a I'm lack not, of social I'm programs. Saying, I'm not saying that it's not, but I'm saying I could see why somebody who does not have as as deep a connection with God and with the modern revelations of the Prophet Joseph Smith and understand the importance thereof could mistake 
the behavior of the culture of the church as being dismissive towards any generation younger than the Gen Xers. I think your point about the social programs is is very important, actually. I think I think I grew up also with a single mother. And for me, those those types of, you know, the basketball, the softball, all those things were really important to me. And I always went to those. They were those were the softball was both men and young men. Um, and then, you know, they used to have the the playoffs. You know, we'd go into regionals and run through regions. My grandpa went all the way to Salt Lake when they used to do it all the way in the tournament going yeah, all the way to Salt Lake. It used to be broadcast on yeah. KSL. Like yeah, literally yeah. Kentucky's, uh, the Kentucky, Franklin, Kentucky third ward. If they won in regionals and ended up playing the Tacoma, Washington 17th ward, they <laughs> might meet in the middle in Salt Lake City. Yeah, that's awesome. The, that is freaking epic, dude. You know what I'm saying? And we don't have any of that crap now. And I just kind of feel like they, they used all the programs and they were so busy getting rich that anything to fight oh, for the programs would be considered as noise. We don't want the noise. We No, no. Noise bad. Contention bad. No, yeah, conflict bad. That's conflict what it is. It's like black. too many fights happening in the, in the basketball, so we're going to get rid of it. Yeah, like, too many, on, let's just figure out how to make it work. Yeah, exactly. help people actually have their opportunity to have conflict in a controlled environment. Like sure. the church ball, so that you can yeah. talk about it and actually become better people. Yeah. By the way, this law is getting passed where they want to take away our five hundred one c three status in order to this. Yeah, we got to go fight it because it's important because our tithing is actually a tax exempt thing. And so it's sort of like, yes, you are going to have to contend for your faith. Contention will be part of your life. It's part of being a peculiar people. And instead of fighting, all of this ground was seeded perpetually, year after year, decade after decade, until it, it, it's kind of like. It's kind of like living in California, you know, each little 1% tax increase ultimately adds up to an unlivable, unaffordable place for young families. So what do they do? They leave to other states. There's no young families here. My wife says, well, this word's kind of like old. Where, where can we move to, to find other young families? I'm like, babe, this is California. They don't exist. And they're in Texas. They're in Arizona. They're in Idaho. You're actually hitting on a point that I wanted to bring up as you were talking about this. When you say that it feels like a like a church by boomers for boomers i think that totally depends on your ward because my ward doesn't feel that way you're also in utah where it's much more affordable half of my stake literally if i go to utah and post on facebook hey who's here right now who's within 20 minutes of this pizza joint in provo i have more friends from my graduating class in the ward i grew up in in high school in utah right now than i do in my hometown that's why utah's booming yeah, it's why Utah's booming. And, and I look at that as a complete and total derivative of 40 years of silence and and mistaking suburban niceness for kindness instead of contending over these issues. And it's not a defect of millennials when they finally say, you know, what, enough of this. We got to move to Utah. It's too expensive here in California. In the same way that spiritually they say, you know, what, enough of this. Too much smoke. I, 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 I'm not equipped to handle all of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I just... I I, I, I kind of that's the impression that I've gotten. That's what I felt. I've liked your commentary on avoiding the spiral of silence. I feel that both of you may be speaking semantically slightly different about the similar ailment. And I'm wondering what you think about how we fix this, because at the end of the day, we could sit here for another 20 minutes moaning about what's wrong with the church. But I, I, I want to know from one of the only guys your age that's got a podcast saying, hey, this is worth fighting for. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? I want to know if we've identified the problem being the spiral of silence. Like, what is the fix? 
Like, how do we turn this ship around? Because if we don't, what? Are just all millennials just going to go inactive? Is it going to be me and Brad? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, what I always tell people is you just have to act. You have to, you have to go talk. I mean, here's where the issues, where the issues are really going to start coming. You either act now or you cede more ground and then you have to act even more down the road because you have... You know, this is this is what's happening in your Sunday school class, in your fast and testimony meetings, in your in your elders quorum, in religious society, in young women's especially, where you get more and more of this this uh, identitarianism, LGBTQ issues, and pride flag, and and uh, critical race theory, and all anti racism. All these things are starting to enter into the church at the stake, and, and especially the ward levels. And and I hear this all the time, over and over again across the US, right? And the issue is is if you if you continue to seed ground on this culturally within your own surroundings, then we're all in trouble. Because this isn't something that's going to stop. This this wave is not going to stop. Yeah. And and so you either and it doesn't mean that you have to be contentious with this or angry at somebody. You can be very respectful as you speak up and step out of the spiral of silence. But yeah. in, in you fact, you've got to speak up, you know, I mean Put your foot down on things. Talk about the the family proclamation. What it is? I had really interesting. I had my wife, who is like this total valiant member of the church, and and I uh, was giving a talk in another ward. So it was just a month ago, and and so I I couldn't find somebody else. It was around Christmas time, so I had my wife come with me, and so she's speaking, and she loved me for that, of course. And and so she goes and she gives this talk, and and I didn't know what she was speaking on. Actually, I didn't know what she was doing, but she spoke on the family proclamation. And and so she sits down after she speaks, and you know we've got the hymn, the, the intermediate hymn going on, and she sits down next to me and she says, you know what? I started thinking while I was speaking, what if I shouldn't be saying these things? What if I shouldn't say this thing? That started running through my mind, like people are going to be offended, and I shouldn't say these things. And then she said immediately after, but what in the world am I thinking? Of course I'm going to say these things. Of course, I'm going to stand by this. But see, that's the mentality that's starting to happen with the spiral of silence. It's like, oh, I don't want to offend anyone. Mm-hmm. I, 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 We better not talk about this. So since I've got people that are offended by the family proclamation, let's just keep it quiet. If I'm bishop, you know what? Let's just not bring that topic up at all uh-huh. so that we have harmony and no contention and no conflict yeah. going on. When and you can reality, see where that goes. Or how about LGBTQ issues now? Well, let's not bring that up at all, right? Let's not talk about these things because we don't want any problems. That that is a massive contributor and going to be the primary contributor to increasing the spiral of silence right now. Yeah, and and I think a big part of the reason why it's difficult for people to figure out is, um, in part, because of the way that they approach it when when they're actually talking about things that will bring conflict it's difficult for them to do that in a way that is not contentious, right? It, it becomes difficult to say, okay, how do we approach this topic in a way that doesn't end in a fight? And I actually think the scriptures have a really killer answer for us, and I want to share that real fast. In D&C 121, um, 41 through 43, uh, it says that no power or influence can or ought to be maintained by the virtue of the priesthood, only by persuasion, by long-suffering, by gentleness and meekness, and by love unfeigned. And I think the world is trying to redefine love unfeigned to mean like you've got to agree with everything everyone else says, because if you're not supporting them completely, then you hate them. Right. 
Love yes. does not equal agreement. But that's also the, the cry bullies have figured that out, though. Wait, let and me, they figured let me finish out okay. the, this because then we okay. can get back because okay. everything that you're going to say applies to what's coming. OK, next. hit me. So it says in 42, by kindness and pure knowledge, which shall greatly enlarge the soul without hypocrisy and without guile. And like you pointed out, Greg, kindness, not niceness. Right. Mm-hmm. And then 43, I think, has the the answer here reproving betimes with sharpness when moved upon by the Holy Ghost and then showing forth afterwards an increase of love toward toward him whom thou hast reproved, lest he esteem thee to be his enemy. And Mm. I think we sometimes misinterpret reproving betimes with sharpness and think that that means like reproving betimes like with a lot of force or like really hard or really viciously when really Reproving betimes with sharpness, I think, should be more understood as exactness. Reproving very specifically and speaking to the core of the issues that we're dealing with. And then showing forth an increase of love towards the people. I think that's how we do it with kindness. That's the answer to the problem of silence, is to follow what the scriptures say and to become very specific. Rather than avoiding the conflict, take it head on, but do it without contention. Reproving betimes with sharpness, exactness, and then showing an increase of love to people. Uh, uh, that's kind of like when somebody gives a really good church talk and you don't want to be the person that follows up afterwards. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, but, but you, what you were saying before, <laughs> yeah. what you were saying before, I think still applies. So so go with that. Um I actually was so taken in by what you were saying, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, but it's I'll okay. Add in, Brad. I'll, I'll add to King Mosiah here. Because I've, I've got a question I wrote down, but I mean, like, that that was, like, so good. I was like, well, crap, I guess my job here is done. Uh, this has been great. Uh, subscribe to Quick Media, and we'll see you in the next program. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was literally just ready to walk away from the sermon. But um, anyway, okay. So uh, as you were saying, Greg, and then I got a question for you. Hit it. Greg, continue. Well, I was just saying sharpness, of course, you look at sharpness, that's that's the sword to me, right? The sword of truth or the word. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's the sharpness. So let, me, let, me bring, let me just bring the truth in here and talk about the truth. And then I'm not going to be angry at you. I'm going to talk about principles and I'm going to talk about truth. And, and, and I don't need to make you my enemy by attacking your character or, or you know, worrying about something other than the principle itself. Yeah. And, and I think a cool thing about that, the, the way that swords are used symbolically they are weapons that require a bit of finesse to use. You can't just go start whacking things. It's not the club of truth. It's the sword of truth because you're not just using it to whack on people and then they're going to get it. You need to use it correctly. Otherwise, it's not going to end well for you. It's not going to end well for them. It just prolongs the conflict as neither of you reaches your goals. Okay. Yeah. Well, I like clubs. So, uh, you know, in fact, in the Joseph Smith translation, they no, I'm just kidding. Oh, my like, gosh. Yeah, right. OK, so um, I do have a question for you. OK, so we kind of ID the problem. Do, do you feel like it's getting better? Or do you feel like it's getting worse? Or do you feel like it has to get worse before it gets better? I, I think are, are that Mormons learning you... their lesson or are we just at the end of the caboose of a train like the end of Tremors? where the tremor is like going through the mountain and it's about to just boom, blow out chasing Kevin Bacon. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I don't know. What, what do you think, man? I think that, uh, I do get a lot of feedback from people that say, Hey, I finally said this, I went over this. And of course that worries me a little bit, but I'm still going to not be silenced. Right. But I do think overall it's getting worse. 
I, I think really? it's in here, and here's why. Because okay. someone, one of you two, brought up the idea of love. Okay. And and this is what is is becoming an, another stifling uh, uh, point of the gospel because people are are conflating love with tolerance. They're conflating love with some some uh, corrupted view of of compassion. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's teddy bear Jesus, right? We, Jesus is teddy bear Jesus. And didn't he go around and give love to everybody? And, you know, it's, that's, that's what's starting to happen with the term love. Yeah. Love means I'm going to go along with you being you, your post postmodern idea of truth and, and this non-objective truth and whatever you feel is what is right. And whatever you feel is, is true. And I'm going to go along with that because I love you and I am compassionate for you. The problem is that's not love. And it's just, that's just not love, right? That is again, a short term type of answer again, like conflict, like how you create more conflict. Love, the pure love of Christ is charity, Mm -hmm. right? Charity rejoiceth not in iniquity. Mm -hmm. And charity is, is what I would say about charity. Charity is, it's caring and acting for someone's long-term eternal well-being. Mm-hmm. And unless you have that in mind and you're just trying to be nice and tolerant, you're not you're not you're not taking on the example of Jesus Christ if yes. that's the case. I and and in fact, I think Jesus gives us the perfect example of this. And it's one of my favorite examples in the scriptures because so many people um really ruin it by taking half of the phrase. When Christ says to the woman caught in adultery, neither do I condemn thee, go thy way and sin no more. I feel like half of the world right now is like, neither do I condemn thee, neither do I condemn thee, full stop. And that is what you're talking about, Greg. Adultery is just fine. I don't condemn you. Exactly. But but for her long-term benefit, go thy way and sin no more is what she needs to hear. That's how Christ loved her. He also Mm -hmm. didn't say... You suck. Now go that way and sin no more. Like he said, no, <laughs> neither do here. I condemn thee, right? Yeah, and so yeah. we have that those two conflicting sides, I think, where I think the louder one right now is that neither do I condemn thee and it's over. When really we need that balance of neither do I condemn thee, go thy way and sin no more. That's how we love each other as Christ loved us. Wow, Brad. I've never seen you be the interrupting cow on this one. Oh, you know I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> no, it's great. He's getting stoked. Well, he's jumping stuff. right in. He's like, he's like writing notes. Like I, I can't hold him back. I'm like, whoa. So I'm a little bit nihilist on this one, right? You know what I'm saying? I think there's sometimes where I swear, uh, it's interesting to say you think it's getting worse. I, I kind of wonder, how do we turn this ship around? Because if we don't, it's terminal. You know what I'm saying? And there's sometimes in my I, cynical days. I disagree. Oh, well, hold on. Let me, get, <laughs> let me get it out. All right. <laughs> hey, you ever seen that movie Home? Mm-mm. Where they say, knock, knock. Who's there? And he says, interrupting. Yeah. You know, it's interrupting cow. It's kind of funny. Great joke. It was my daughter's first knock, knock joke. <laughs> so anyway, um, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And sometimes I just feel until all of the just seniority based business model of the church the just died. No, it's, it's Gen Xers <laughs> too. You're not off the hook. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, no, I just, I, I really do feel people ask me sometimes like, well, is there any doubts that you have? And I say, yeah, I, I doubt the revelation of creating a seniority based business, uh, leadership model in our church because mm-hmm. in our most explosive growth years, we were led by generally a very eclectic 
group of leaders. We had some old leaders in the uh, 12 apostles, but we also had some 24 year olds. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And and I think when you have that mix, it's good. But right now, I mean, we, we have all but a geriatric leadership model. And you can't tell me that anybody that was born with their formative first 40 years pre-internet is well-equipped to understand the world as it is now in 2023. So much has changed. And that's not anti-elitist. That's, that's not ageist. It's just recognizing this is a unique time in history when the Gutenberg press, I'm sorry, I meant the internet, was developed and it did more faster in a shorter period of time than the previous 50 years before it, than the previous 150 years before that, all the way back to the Industrial Revolution and honestly, the creation of the printing press. So it's like I sometimes when I get cynical, I think like it's not I don't think it's going to be able to get good for another 15 years. You know what I'm saying? Did you say 15, one, five, one, five? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because just we've called for the second time around the same young men's president that was young men's president 23 years ago. And, you know, it just it doesn't work. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It doesn't work. So um, I don't know. How do we write this ship? They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but we recycle the same leadership year after year. For heaven's sakes, I think 60, I think 50 percent of the apostles that were apostles within four or five years of me being born are still apostles now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, prob- I'd estimate over 50% of the apostles that were apostles in 1989 are apostles now. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. how, if the spiral of silence is probably the biggest com- uh, contributor to that 82% that are leaving, how do we turn this around? How do we make it better? Um, <clears throat> boy, I got to walk a tightrope here. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> all those, all those 65 plus come follow me listeners of yours are listening, bro. <laughs> Watch out, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that I, to me, here's what I, let me just say what I sense, right? What, what I, this is what I sense, that people react and rally to a point that can be a banner, like the title of liberty, that can be whatever. It can be a phrase. It can be a, 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 a stance that is made. Like ponderize. Right. It's like, okay, well, I need stances. I need stances to rally around. If you, you know, you look at what happened with Captain Moroni, I mean, he's out there putting this, you know, this is what's going to happen. And and I've got this banner and everybody finally says, okay, because they're not at first, right? They're not just, okay, let's just go. Let's go fight. But they end up rallying around him because they're rallying to a point and they're rallying What's on to what's on the, the the banner? What's on the the title? And and I feel like we are missing right now those stances. I feel like we are missing those titles. I, I feel that that is something that draws, especially men in the church. That is something that says, "Look, we are we are rallying to this," and and that has become to me in the last 30 years, something that has become more and more vague, especially when you have more and more of the mists of darkness that are encroaching in on the, on the iron rod. And it's like, okay, well, wait a minute here. I can see a little bit of light with this philosophy. There's a little bit, but it's kind of nebulous here. You know, do I follow through on this? Well, you, you, you've got to have a rallying cry, more of a rallying cry that's consistent to create action 
You know, it's kind of funny you say that because I just got a book off eBay. Uh-oh. Um, it's an originally signed copy by Ezra Taft Benson. I got his signature. It's kind of cool. But the book is titled, I didn't even know this book existed, The Red Carpet, Socialism, The Royal Road to Communism. <laughs> like, I mean, like you talk about stances. Wow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, like, our prophet straight up wrote a book calling out socialism the royal road to communism nowadays with your spiral of silence it's like oh well no no there might be some good people who sometimes have kind of some socialist views that we we, we think like might well because you know they call it the social gospel I'm like, no this oh no we can't talk about that in elders quorum no 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 you know what i'm saying in fact if you take a hard stance what's interesting i see this in our comments and i want to know if you get this in your comments too i see get lots of emails from young men who say, why won't the church defend us? Like, I I, I just, I was asked for my sociology class to talk about, okay, why do I think maybe uh, an upcoming bill is bad? And I got up and I said, you know, I believe gender is eternal, for example. And people need coping mechanisms and need to be loved if they feel they're in the wrong body and all that other stuff and so on and so forth. But gender is eternal and, and, and it shouldn't be messed with. It should be loved and celebrated. And if you have a problem with yourself, I, I want to help you develop coping mechanisms and love you. But I, 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 I don't think our society should adopt this measure AB17B in Nebraska or whatever. You know, some poor kid in high school goes up, gives a talk. Uh, not a talk, but, you know, his point of view for his debate class or whatever gets lambasted, of course, by the administration, thrown under the bus. And then nobody comes up and says, like, no, yeah, that's actually what we believe. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? The church will actually write an official press release saying, well, though that may be official doctrine, we don't believe the way that he said it was loving and inclusive. And yet and they'll neuter it with euphemisms from corporate America that have been adopted into the nomenclature of the is, church. Is that what they did? You know, it's the PR department. department. Yeah, or the PR department. Is that what they did? Or Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've gotten probably two or three of these kids. Now, of course, I'm truncating the story and probably butchering it. You know what I'm saying? Just for the sake of time. But it's like I get so many comments from people saying, like, why won't the church defend us? Like, like my older brother's got to go to Boy Scouts. The church said that there was going to be a new Boy Scouts. Now there's no replacement for the Boy Scouts. We're graduating our first our, our second generation now of young men that grew up without the Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's just like there's this big sense of loss felt amongst the younger people. Absolutely. And they're wondering, like, uh, it, what, it, I've literally unironically, this is a question I've been asked multiple times. This exact sentence. Have the brethren given up on North America? That it, Only somebody driven so far by the spiral of silence can ask that question mm-hmm. uh, you know what i'm saying i i'm just and, i'm confused by this entire line okay from both of you guys about how the leadership of the church is somehow not doing what they ought to be when i feel like we have i didn't this, say that i i said i'm looking for stances and 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 here, here let me, let me, i'm gonna interrupt you this time really quick because i want to say this yeah, well, look, at, look at the respect for marriage act yeah. Okay. You got the Respect for Marriage Act. This is President Oak's baby. He's he's working that through. He supports the bill and and pushes that through. And and the language in the in the uh, in the press release that's given there is incredibly supportive of of same sex marriage outside of the church. 
right? So when, when you have been brought up in the church and, and you have understood that that is against our doctrine, and I'm not saying it's the wrong thing. I, I don't understand it, but maybe it's the right thing and something down the road, it's going to be incredibly important for us. Great. But there's no communication on it. And so, so I've got people asking me all the time, kind of like what Cardin is saying is like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. What, what do I, you know, I don't understand what this means. Because, but there's no communication. There's nothing that what they used to do in the, what, in the older days is they would have had the bishops read a letter on this, clarifying what they're doing from the pulpit in the ward. Hmm. Right. And it's like, well, but there's nothing. There's nothing. Hmm. The press release is not to the members. The press release is to the world. Mm-hmm. Right. What is the what is the communication to the world? That That's what I'm kind of saying. There, there's not. I don't. I, I, I totally trust the brethren. I totally trust where they're going. I totally support them. I'm just wondering where's the communication on these types of issues. Yeah, I guess I just don't have the expectation of that. Maybe, and maybe that's where if part of Moses the tells is. you we're going to start walking north until we find a land of promise that I can't define. Yeah, even though there's a giant sea between us and that this land. I don't think they're unreasonable if there was a couple of Jews that are like, could you run that by me again? <laughs> I mean, like, go, how are we going to do this, go Moses? Go reread the story <laughs> of the 12 spies sent into the land of Israel and come uh, back and talk to me about uh, that. Look, okay, you know, and, and this is why you're going to heaven and you're Apostle 2027, <laughs> all right? No. <laughs> but for the other, you know, for the amoebas down here that hang out with me and Greg Matson, you know what I'm saying? No. I, 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 I do, I, I just sense... I guess I can't say exactly what it is, and so I'm reluctant to because you'll just get canceled if you call it the wrong thing immediately. But I think there is a feeling amongst a growing amount of people that something is not right here. Mm. And the church that I grew up in with the strong stances and identity that I believe was righteously inculcated in me is not the same church I am operating in now. Mm. And I both miss it for myself personally and want that to be the church that I teach to my children. But I don't feel I can do that with the mechanisms now through either lack of adaptation to modernity or just mistaking suburban niceness for kindness and an avoidance of conflict so thick that now you can't talk about any anything controversial, which means your opponents always win. And I don't believe that turning the other cheek is a death sentence to losing every single argument and conflict you engage in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree with that. It it doesn't feel right to people. And I can say that sometimes I identify with that and I understand. I see why the millennials are leaving. I I think it sucks. I think it's cynical. I think sometimes they want to be secular. Sometimes they want to sin. I think there's a lot of dishonesty involved. And so we do our debunkings to take away... uh, uh, the, the excuse at least and hopefully put people in a position where they can be more honest with themselves and us about why they're leaving. But, you know, I, I, I wish we were stronger so that it didn't happen so often. And I think if we were, it wouldn't. That's all. I, I just feel like the majority of what I'm hearing from you guys right now is uh, expressing a desire for things to be done differently um, by higher ups when I feel like the right thing is for us to be taking personal responsibility for 
revelation in our own lives. And that this is far more solved on a local level with us in our own families, in our own wards, than it is by anything else. Well, then riddle me, riddle me this. Tell me what I should do here, for example. Yeah. You know, I was singing in the choir. I don't like the fact that half of my ward has moved away and they're dissolving wards left and right and uh, dissolving stakes, actually. They're probably going to dissolve both of our stakes. And I thought, you know what? Our music could get better here. And I'm a musician and I I could help that. In fact, there's no mechanism in the church that requires all the people in the choir be ward members. You know what I'm saying? Why don't we make like some cool flyers and just invite members of the community to come sing in the Los Angeles 17th Ward's choir you know what I'm saying? And who knows? Maybe we'll get 50 or 60 people here that once a month come and sing with us. It'll better the music. It'll be an outreach program. It'll be awesome. I know from my business endeavors that for less than $2,000, I could get 10,000 flyers printed and then, delivered then and executed. It. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't control the budget of the church. I'm not one of the super wealthy uh, uh, boomers. Boomers controlled pre-COVID, okay, 82% of the wealth of America. It went up to like... it. it uh, Millennial wealth went up from controlling 18% to almost 9 We are because the they're so awesome. That's because they're so awesome. Yeah. Like <laughs> all of the lockdown measures. Benefited boomers. That, 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 that in, we engaged in. Yeah. Uh, especially in California. I, I was kept out of church for nearly 18 months. And that was not for the benefit of me and my children. That wasn't yeah. for the religious education of my daughter and my son. That was to protect the boomers that still believe CNN. You know what I'm saying? It, it's like th- there's. I don't run the show. I've never been asked to give a talk in church. Mm-hmm. I Yet I've watched the same 15 people give talks to church. Actually, that's not true. I was asked once in New York and I had to fill in for somebody and it was by a bishop who was in his 30s. You know what I'm saying? But but it's like, I, I it's, I'm not that's part of- That's odd. That's have, odd. Have you oh, ever- you'd think how outspoken and faithful I am that I'd probably ask me all the time, right? But no, no <laughs> joke. Literally, like, no, I never get asked to ask a church. It's hilarious. I've been on my word for- uh, I, I've been in the same house that I moved into like four years ago. Um, I had to give a talk when I moved in. I take it back. I'm sorry. I've given two of those, like there's a new family in the ward and you have to give a talk and they give you five mm-hmm. minutes to just introduce yourself, tell the story, how you met your wife, bear your testimony and leave. I, I've done that thing, but I've, I've I've never really effectively been asked to just like give a church talk. After leaving the hospital with my wife, uh, we were asked to do a fireside for some young adults, which was kind of cool once. But like just... I I I think the biggest church calling I ever had was I teach elders quorum now. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's it. But it's like, I, and they look at me like I'm one of the young bucks. You know what I'm saying? It's like, dude, I'm freaking nearly 40. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, if you're looking at me as one of the young bucks, there's a problem here. Uh-huh. You know? And so I, that's just how I feel. It's not a, it's not something I want to feel. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, that's what I feel. Yeah. And so I kind of understand when people are like, eh, well, if I miss a couple Sundays, they won't miss me. And then that just leads to either inactivity I, at best or anti-Mormonism like, or worse. Yeah, but that's such a, I don't know, that, that attitude to me is wrong. That attitude is something where you're expecting other people to change in order for your life to get better, which is just never going to happen. No, I'm still here, bro. I Half the reason oh, I no, started no, no, my I podcast know, is because I have an internal locus of control. Uh-huh. Half the reason why Greg started his podcast because he's like, hey, dude, I ain't going down with a fight. So trust me, it's like we're all here because we believe in action. We're all here because we understand you have to contend for the faith. All of this, I say, present company excluded. But whether we like it or not, we are part of our people. And I think our people have a bad 
just not attitude, but just we're not doing it right right now. I just feel that way. And uh, I'm sorry to be such a downer. I, know, I think you've just you know, adopted but, the language of your oppressors, Cardin. <laughs> when, oh! when you start going that direction and say like, hey, here's what other people should be doing. That there's no way that that ends well. Well, I, okay, I'm not necessarily. I believe in all of that. I'm saying when somebody says they feel that way, I can kind of see where they're coming from. Hmm. That's all. Yeah, I'm I, I, I I get, get back, back to, to what Brad you're saying. What you're saying there. I I I there two things. One on 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 talking about the church or about the church culture. I think that what you do with your podcast here is talking about your opinions and putting those out into the ether agreed yeah right so so it's not just like you're sitting at home isolated with your family saying well well we're just going to be ourselves and we're not going to put anything out there mm-hmm. right so it's I, I think you do do that mm-hmm. i i think you you do talk about things and how we need to have kindness instead of niceness and etc right mm-hmm. so there's too much niceness and you need more kindness but i'm uh, back to your point about you know, self-responsibility. I think that that is one of the problems of the spiral of silence hmm. is, is that we, as you said, we do not have enough personal responsibility. I am going to guess, this is a little bit of an educated guess, but I'm going to guess that that is one of the strategic tacts of the brethren in that, that they're saying we're pulling back on some of these areas because you, the membership, in order for us to make it, you better become stronger. And you better you better stand up. And, and you better start figuring this out a little bit more without us telling you, as we're told that we can't do, to being compelled to do every little, t- told to do every little thing, mm-hmm. right? That we need to take action ourselves. And so I think that's one of the problems. The problem with that is that we, I don't think we're prepared for that mm-hmm. as a church because we are like this spiral of silence. We're like the epitome of the spiral of silence. <laughs> so I, I don't think that I, 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 I can see that if that is the tack they're taking, how that's the right thing, because I'm, I'm big on personal responsibility also. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how prepared and ready we are for it or enough being told that that's where we're moving toward. But because we are so much dependent on the brethren, so dependent on even programs, so dependent on being told what to do all the time. It's I, that's one of the biggest issues with a spiral of silence because you're you're like, well, wait a minute, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to hold off until I'm told what to do. Here's my suggestion. To, I, I don't want to say anything because the bishop didn't tell me what to do yet. I don't want to say anything because the prophet didn't say anything yet. I get that all the time. Did the prophet say this, Greg? Did the prophet tell you to do this? And and I think that's the wrong attitude, right? Here's here's I'm my way attitude. More of the opinion you ask forgiveness. No, instead no, of permission. I've got a that's, much better system. That's the whole essence of the gospel. <laughs> I've got a much better system. We need to create a universal. I'm a huge UBI advocate. All right, so we need to create a universal spiritual system where we are told exactly what to do. So we all qualify to make it back to heaven. <laughs> and when we that get there, great, when we get there, I want it to be called Cardin's awesome system. And we will all <laughs> celebrate and the glory be mine. And I'm, yeah. fi- I'm, I'm fine with that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm fine with that. And I'll say Greg Matson had something to do with it, too. No. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he had something to do with it, too. No, that's funny. No. Okay. Because I, I think you guys are bringing up very valid things. 
um, especially uh, generationally is it's surprising to see the differences here because, I mean, I still had the scouts program, went through, got my eagle and everything, all of that. Um, but like, I don't miss it. I and maybe maybe I'm just not. That's because you're Canadian. You grew up with like trees. You didn't have to learn how to tie knots. That's how you made your bed frame. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're born scouts, I, yeah, Brad. You're born scouts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Okay, but, so. but I just feel like I don't know. I, when it comes down to it, I feel like the the keys that we have here with what is happening in the church right now. There's there's a bit of a sifting happening anyway, right? Okay. And it's important for us to be doing everything that we can to. Um, do what we can to take care of our fa- ourselves, our families, and everyone else around us insofar as we can. Yeah, and, that- and anyone who does want to be helped. Because some people don't want to be, you know? Yeah. Or or they don't view your um, your love and care for them as help. And sometimes we just have to accept that. Yeah, I think that would be a fun job when we're in heaven. I want to get that calling. We're just like somebody sitting there at the sifter. And like you could be like, yeah, no, you didn't make it. Okay, so Greg, we, we got a jam now. We've taken enough of your time. Where can people find you? How can they follow you? You're a cool guy. I follow a show. I listen to a show and I'm driving out and about and I'm working. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it's really good. Yeah. Where can people find you? How can they listen to you? How can they reach out to you? The whole nine yards. Well, on audio, you can find me on any at quick media on any of the podcast platforms that you are used to using. And then you can go to YouTube and you can find uh, quick media there as well. And of course you can go to our website where we've got a lot of other information and things written uh, at quickmedia.com. Okay, cool. And the only suggestion I would have is, mm-hmm. um, okay. So like I was in this elders quorum once where when they introduced people, like they would all just like say their name with like a hoorah. Like, so somebody would be like, hi, what's going on? Yeah, this is my dad. Yeah, his name's Harold. And the whole elders would be like, Harold. And it was like kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? It was pretty <laughs> bad to have like, you know, 17 guys be like, Harold. It was actually kind of cool, right? It was like this little fun thing that we did, right? So I think from here on out, when you say quick media, you have to be like, quick media. You know, like we got to give you some kind of cool, like some kind of cool, like zinger, like, you know, ba ba ba. Like the quick of the dead or something with a western and a charles bronson outfit and, and yeah like, absolutely and like a graphic of postmodernism being put in flames behind yeah it. yeah exactly it'll be sick. i like that a lot yeah yeah it'll be that that would be utterly based i would like totally dig that that's that's pretty busted so okay cool so anyway quick media ladies and gentlemen let us know where we go wrong in the comments if we're just a bunch of cynical bozos let us know if we're just being a bunch of you know sour pusses tell us where we go wrong this is midnight mormons we'll see you guys in the next program